Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm Dave Goose Mills. I'm Dusty Parker, call sign Shadow. And I'm Rick Ezel, call sign Rudy. All right, welcome Rudy. Yeah. Good to have you with us today, man. Good to be here. I think, um, I was thinking about this morning, I had heard of you before I met you. Um, some guys were like, hey, have you met Have you met Rudy? Have you met the new guy Rudy in Bravo? And uh, no, I hadn't. And um, and I think we met on the kayaking trip. The, That's right. Yeah. On the James River. Yeah, that was good. So I like. Canoe trip for you. Yeah, canoes. Yeah, it was a canoe. Kayaks, you were in that big canoe. Stand up paddle boards. <laughs> I, I finally realized that you want a kayak. You don't want a canoe because a canoe is a big sail. Yeah. yeah I've right. done that trip in uh, the canoe, the kayak, and a stand up paddle board. And you wow. end up you end up holding everybody's gear. If you're yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not as easy to get out as you think. Either. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, I just kind of, you know, I just kind of paddled up beside of you there on the river, and uh, that was so fun. We were just floating and and talking and getting to hear a little piece of your story, which I'm excited about hearing even more of today. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about um, kind of your background, your story. Um, and, and how, how you came to be sitting here today, I guess. Wow. Um, <laughs> it does go back. I think, you know, if, if I'm going to talk about my journey to God, uh, and then it started, I think, in high school, actually. Um, nothing really happened in high school other than I remember a, a friend of mine uh, taking me, we spent the night, you know, like you do in high school. Maybe it was early high school because i don't think we did that too much later so this was like 1920 yeah <laughs> yeah it, actually it was 19 probably about 1974 wow to be honest with you yeah old guy um <laughs> and he had part of the deal was i had to go to church with him his parents said, okay well you have to go to church so we went to what i think now as i recall back was probably a pretty much a fire brimstone baptist church oh yeah so i'm sitting there and had never been in church because I guess you put a pin in there. The only religion I had at that point even experienced is my parents had um, joined the Mormon church. Mm. So I guess it even goes back further than that, to back yeah. to the Mormon church. And I'll talk about that in a second. But my experience with a Christian church would have been, you know, you listen to somebody talk, which is all good and well, but then it, the altar call came. Mm-hmm. And frankly, that scared me. Yeah, I mean, you know, you had... I don't know if they were rolling around speaking in tongues. I don't know, but I just know it was extremely emotional mm-hmm. and everybody came forward and, you know, people were looking at me. And so I went forward, you know, and I got down oh. on my knees and I got the hand on top of the head, the whole, oh, yeah. very dramatic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's a snake it, put around yeah. your neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wonder where the chickens were. <laughs> um, so that was my experience. It wasn't um, something that lasted. It, it really didn't, it didn't stick mm-hmm. as they say, but we'll go back. Um, when we lived in California, we lived just outside of Los Angeles. My uh, mom and dad, who's, who later divorced, um, I, I don't even know how it came about, but they became Mormons. And so we started going to the Mormon church. And I remember distinctly uh, at that point, you know, seeing, I think I was my dad got baptized and all that. But 
not knowing a lot about the Mormon religion, uh, the one thing that caught my eye, and I said, okay, I'm not doing this, is that if you go back into the Bible in the uh, story of Noah, when Noah came off and uh, his son saw him naked mm -hmm. and there was a curse that took place. And I don't know the actual, the, the, the facts of the matter of ethnicity, right? but the Mormon church will tell you that the curse that Noah put on, I can't think it was Ham. 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 Yeah. That, he, that Ham was a black man. And that the curse was the black, the you know. The, mm -hmm. In other words, the whole point there right. is, in the Mormon Church at that point, a black person couldn't hold the priesthood. Yeah, you know, it's that's something that they have. You talk about from a marketing standpoint. A lot of people don't realize this about the Mormons, because they've changed their marketing so much in just the past 10, 15 years, it, it, and they're they're trying to erase that stuff from their history. Right. It used to be written into their bylaws that you could not um, lead a um, what do they call them? Uh, Wards. Uh, yeah. Their, their oh, you couldn't lead a ward. Yeah. Um, if you were black. And of course, they've changed that now. Of course. And they're trying to pretend that they were never like that. But yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. I because my father came from the south, the deep south, and mm -hmm. he, he carried a prejudice with him that I found to be even in a young kid. I, I had, you know, we lived in, in LA during the Watts riots. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one of my buddies, my little guy, a uh, friend of mine was a, was a, was a little black kid. And I remember we used to go down to a junkyard and play and mm -hmm. I didn't know what was going on in the world. And I got down there and uh, a couple of his older brothers beat the living snot out of me just because of the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I didn't, that didn't affect me. I didn't begin to hate. I, I don't, I don't have prejudice. And mm -hmm. and when I went to that Mormon church and I saw that they actually, um, in a sense, you know, they, they were prejudicing us black folks at that time. Right. And, and that bothered me greatly. So I said, this is enough for me. And just because, you know, I was still the obedient child and we did whatever we did until uh, my parents, neither one of them quit drinking coffee or quit smoking <laughs> cigarettes. So they didn't last long there. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we, now, you know, we then we ended up moving up into the, we are from, I'm from Seattle, the Northwest. Okay. So, uh, but that was down in California and we moved up there and the, not a whole lot went on, you know, spiritually, I guess, until that yeah. event I told you in, in high school. Okay. So, yeah, it's funny. That was some of my first, uh, experiences personally getting to know Mormons was flying in the air force. And, um, that's how you would find out that a guy was a Mormon is he wouldn't be drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, Hey man, you want a coffee? No, thanks. I'm Mormon. And I was like, the heck does that have to do with anything? Yeah, you want yeah. some coffee? I still right. don't. Yeah. What? No coffee for Mormon? I don't I know. I think it's caffeine. It. I think it's a caffeine. Just thing. anything that's yeah. addictive yeah. or something. But you know, some of, some of the, um, some of my really best friends in the air force were Mormon. Hmm. And I mean, always over at their house, always over at our house, built some really good friendships with them. And I really got to learn like, they're some of the best people. They're just some of the best dudes and best families. Um, it, from my experience in the country, like if I, if I went to a new squadron, I knew like if you hang out with the Mormons, uh, yeah. they're going to, they're just good people, right? They weren't out, um, you know, getting drunk, cheating on their wives. They were, they were just good dudes and they were good family people. Right. Um, and, and that's a big part of that attraction and that appeal, right? The only, I agree. The only thing I ever knew about Mormons is like polygamy, right? 
Isn't that a Mormon thing? Yeah, that's um, that's totally how they how they started, yeah. right? Uh, Brigham Young. That's why they weren't cheating on their wives. I guess they had plenty, yeah plenty to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going there. Yeah, they, uh, but no, nowadays they don't. They now they're like, if you okay. bring up polygamy now around a Mormon, they pretend that they're that like, never happened. They're either. like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't, we don't yeah. do that, right? Um, that's the only thing that attracted me to this. But, but no, that was a huge part of their history. Same as, um, you know, racial discrimination. There's a lot about their history that they are trying to forget about. Yeah. Right. And, and trying to to change, rebrand. Right. You know, well, the biggest thing, and we'll go back to you. I don't want to go on a Mormon tangent here, but the biggest, most important thing that they are trying to change is they are now trying to call themselves just another denomination. Right. That's scary because they started off saying all denominations right. are all an abomination, right. They're all leading people astray. And we are the only ones with the truth. And now they're saying, Hey, we're Christians too. We're just another denomination. So they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're getting better at their marketing. Yeah. I agree. Which is scary. But anyway, so, anyway. um, Seattle. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, I, I'm not I like th- Seattle. I've been there once. It's a beautiful part of the country. No. Uh, but um, my wife says I should get a T-shirt that says I'm not from the South, but I got here as quick as I could. But, nice. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I have family there. My daughters are there. I have grandkids there. And, and uh, we just got back from Christmas being with them. Uh, but work had brought me out to the East Coast and, and uh, it was some opportunities. So um, I always wanted to see what the rest of the world looked like. So I basically grew up there. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, we made it out here, but I think, um, we, we probably should go back a little bit. I'll go back to that time, uh, because the next step, uh, really in I, this, when you get to the end of it, you see what God was doing. Yep. But in the middle of it, you go, what is God doing? You know? Uh, so I had, uh, my mom and dad had split up in, um, I was uh, going into my senior year, and my father lived in an apartment. He was a motion picture projector. You know, he ran the movies back in the day. Oh, okay. That. And um, I lived with him for a little bit because my mom had moved out, and I wanted to finish high school at the place I, I had gone. And one day I'm sitting. I was going to community college. And one day um, I was sitting in the apartment, and he was off doing something, and I got a knock on the door. And um, I opened the door. And there was a man and a woman there with a book bag. The man was dressed in a, you know, suit and coat. And she was very modestly dressed. And uh, we got to talking and ended up finding out that they were Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're going to start to see the theme here is is false is is false religion, false, yeah, false religion. I was mm-hmm. going to say false faith, but that's probably better to say religion. And but I didn't know anything about the Bible because I really hadn't um, hadn't had much uh, to do with it. What age are you at this time? I'm about 19. Okay. 19. So, what, 1977, probably. Okay. So these guys said, uh, hey, you know, would you like to know more about the Bible? And I've always had a respect um, for the Bible. I I remember, uh, put a pin in that and I go back into when The Exorcist, the movie The Exorcist came out. Oh, yeah. A buddy of mine went, because we were, I think, yeah, we... I don't think my, I think my dad was running that show or something. So we got in free. So okay. we watched that show and it scared the yeah. right <laughs> out of me, right out of me. And I remember yeah. the scene and I certainly don't, you know, encourage anybody to go see the movie, but <laughs> there's a scene where the, the demon possessed girl actually, uh, 
the Catholic priest does something, he goes shooting out the window and dies. Mm. And I remember thinking, I knew enough to know, oh, wait a second, he would represent God and she represents the devil. and The devil just won. That ain't right. Yeah, right. You know, and I, that's all I remember about the movie other than I was scared, you know what? Right. Um, and I so uh, we came back and then so now we go back, fast forward up to that apartment in, um, again, a respect and an appreciation for the Bible and for God, not really knowing him, though. I said, sure, but I didn't know. I figured that these people were bringing to me the truth of the Bible. In fact, they call their religion the truth, mm -hmm. you know, and and they uh, they showed me their Bible, the New World Translation. Yep. And uh, and I started reading it and didn't know then how much they had changed that Bible. Oh, it's so sneaky. Yeah. I remember the one I always remember, the one I always go back to is John 1.1. 1, 1. Yep. That's that's the one. I mean, I'm not an expert on, you know, the Jehovah's Witness Bible, but that's the one that I know as well. Yeah. The Bible, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word's with God, and the Word was God. Their Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. And they, the, the second G is, is small, but a God. Yeah, it's amazing how you just put in one letter. Yeah. You add the letter A, right, and you change the entire message. That's right. It wasn't God. He was a God. That's right. Man, that's scary. So I be I and my girlfriend at that time, who ended up being becoming my, my wife, um, I said, Hey, would you like to they want to know if we want to study the Bible? Would you like to do that? She goes, Yeah, I think it'd be a great idea. Again, kind of going in it in a naive, innocent way. So these people, it was a young couple, and they became um Right now, I would call it an unhealthy relationship. I, you know, they were everything to us. They taught us that we went at their house. They, I didn't see what they were doing, but in a sense, they were grooming, right? Not that they were bad people and they weren't, right? But they, they felt like what they were doing is the truth. And all other religion, all other Christian or non-Christian religion was Babylon the Great, was mm -hmm. false religion. Mm -hmm. That's why they called themselves the truth. And I jumped in like I do with just about everything, you know, both feet first and, uh, we were, I was 19, she was 18. And, uh, you know, they told me, they said, Hey, you know, we don't date just to date. We date to get married. Right. And I said, okay. So I looked at her and I said, you know, God says we need to be married. And so we got married. She was 18 years old and I was 19. Um, and the, the beauty of that is I have two beautiful daughters that yeah. came from that and now five grandchildren. But you know, the, the difference between a person when they're 18 and when they're 30, are com we're just we're completely different mm -hmm. and, and that ended in divorce and they all again they're all back on the on the west coast but i remember going through um that that was like you know re you know reading the first chapter and the last but in between was 11 years of being a jehovah's witness wow wow and i was the guy i didn't that, realize it was that long right yeah. and i've always i've always been uh, i wanted to be a student of it you know if they call it the truth i want to know why they call it the truth and i dove in but everything i read and they don't encourage you to read other uh, Christian literature. Everything I read was focused on that. And um, I, I was the guy that would come knock at your door and I'd play scripture roulette with you and, you know, um, eventually just walk away thinking, what a lost soul, you know. They didn't take my Watchtower mm -hmm. and Awake magazine. But when you look at that faith, um, that religion, you really see how they, um, brainwash might be a strong word, but certainly keep you inside the box. Mm -hmm. They don't let you to venture out. Which, so, by the way, that's a sign of a cult, is when they don't want you reading other things. That's right. 
right. listening to other opinions, right. right? If they, if you're in any uh, type of an organization that is um, limiting your exposure to other views and other opinions, that's a big red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, when you're 19, you know, yeah. what do they say? Uh, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. You don't have any wisdom. So um, 11 years and, and it's a very male dominated. And so the, in my wife, um, who is a mother of my children, though my wife at that time, I, I, I take a lot of skin. I was very dogmatic. I figured this is the truth. You got to do, you know, I, a lot of you shoulds, right? My wife, Vicki, my wife now, the blessing of my life says, don't should on me, you know, and, and I like that. So I try my best not to should on people. Um, so, but my, uh, my mentor, yeah, he, he hears people, you know, like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. He said, man, you just should it all over yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, the truth. That's so true. So long, long, a long 11 year story ended, um, uh, unfortunately in divorce and, uh, a broken home. And, um, uh, I, I, as soon as I lost my family, cause she had left, left me and, and took the girls and, you know, here I am. So now what do you do? Well, I yeah. left I, that, that, that there was no comfort there. Yeah. It wasn't true. Right. So I began a period of not healthy living, um, wandering out of women, some drugs, you know, not, not anything good. And, um, I ended up, um, went through another marriage, uh, for just a little bit, uh, and still back on the West coast. And then, um, wandered again. It was a lost period of time. It was probably lost, probably better part of 10 years, just kind of wandering, not no just nothing going on that was yeah. positive. Right. And then, um, the, uh, the story is the one day I went down, I had a friend of mine who says, you know, I was single. And I said, if you ever want to see girls that look really good in jeans, you got to go to a country bar. <laughs> and so I said, you're, you go to country bars. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, yeah, I, yeah, I go on some, well, but I don't go to the country music. And well, long story short, I love country music. That's all I'd listen to. But, yeah. um, so I went and, you know, in a pair of jeans and Nike tennis shoes. And I'm so, gosh, what would that have been? It'd probably been in the late eighties. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I was just sitting there and I was watching this, you know, how they dance and go around in circles. And I saw this beautiful, uh, brunette and she was dancing with a much older fella. And so in my mind, okay, rich guy, trophy wife, that's right. what this is. And so I watched them. That's what people think. Yeah. For me and my wife. Yeah. You <laughs> just put one in the bank. He just put one in the bank. Yeah. Um, so they stopped dancing and she went and sat off to the side. And I thought, this is my chance. If you got a chance, let's go. So I walked over and just introduced myself. Rudy. Yeah. Rudy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I introduced myself and uh, um, we sat and talked and, um, she taught me how to do a little bit of dancing, which I promised I would always dance with her. And I, I failed that promise. I just never really get out there and do it anymore. <laughs> but um, long story short, about nine months later, eight, nine months later, we were married. And that was Vicky. That's who I'm married to. So oh, who, who, was cool. the, who was the other guy? I have no, she said it was just a fella that comes down there and she had a group of friends that would dance together, okay. you know, safe yeah. type thing. Man, that is a cool story how you yeah. guys met. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember I had a little business at that time and I was working and I, I remember thinking to myself, I got to get on this girl's dance card as it were. So I called yeah. her that day and we met at another country bar and I don't know, it was just, you knew that that this one was different. It was different. So we ended up getting married and, and, um, uh, 
just do what people do. But we lived in, in, a, in a place called Abani Lake, Washington, and you'd come down a hill and you went by this big white church, newer church, similar to, you know, it's not descriptive like, uh, it's more like the chapel, right? It's, it's, it's not big crosses and all that kind of stuff. Right. And we were going to uh, a fair called the Puyallup Fair at the time. And I stopped by and I remember I had a couple of my, uh, uh, her daughter, and I think one of my daughters were with us and went to the fair and we stopped by and said, let's drive in there and just look at that church because I should put a pin in that. There was a moment in our marriage where I said, you know what? I think that we need to, I think that we need to get to know God again mm-hmm. or, or come to know God and whatever that meant. So I went, this is a good one. I went to a Christian bookstore on the way back from a job and I pulled in first time I'd ever been in a Christian bookstore. What's yeah. a, what's a Christian bookstore? <laughs> they don't have those anymore <laughs> yeah it's a good point but it you know everywhere all these bibles and i walked over to the bible and i the girl a lady came up to me and asked if she could help i go i didn't know there were so many bibles what what they're all different mm-hmm. you know i only and i talked a little bit about what i'd been through and she goes no we don't have that bible yeah. uh but this is the most popular one and she gave me an niv mm-hmm. bible yeah and I just went home and, you know, I said, okay, now we probably should go find a church. So then we come back to this church story. And I remember um, we had gone to several churches and learned to sit in the very back of the church and make quick exits if things got crazy right off the bat. And that <laughs> oh, happened yeah. a couple of times. <laughs> Good mm-hmm. technique. Yeah. So we we went to this one and well, and there were, they must have some kind of a something going on inside because there was this short little portly man eating um, something off of a paper plate you know, some whatever, you know, kind of a picnic type food. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of brusquely, you know, rushed to, Hey, come here, you know, and he came over and I was very not humble. And I said, what kind of church you got here? He goes, always well, we have kind of a non-denominational church. And I said, do you do that? You know, rolling around speaking in tongues stuff. He goes, no, no. Um, as it turns out, when I spoke to this person, I found out later that he was uh, from the assemblies of God church. And so he, he did personally. I spoke to him later. Sp- spoke in tongues. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I ever uh, embraced, nor ever. You know, it wasn't a gift I was given. Right. Okay. Right. And and it turned me off. It scared me at the first. And so yeah. that was a Saturday. So I said, okay, I'll tell you what. We'll be back here tomorrow. Um, we'll come to church. We'll see what it's like. And so they had a couple services, and we went to the let's call it the eleven, and we snuck in and got to the back and uh, he he apologized for not being up front at the beginning i guess that was his custom he says i'd invited a family and uh, just was waiting for him to greet him and um so i um you know i we sat back and, oh, man that was us you know so we went forward and met him afterwards and introduced ourselves to him found out that the little portly guy i was talking to was the pastor <laughs> so um anyway went to church there for a a, a number of years probably about, about a couple of years and we're bat was bat both my Vicky and I were baptized there. Hmm. And so that began a, um, a moment in, or a period in my life where you have to go back now to the Jehovah's witnesses and the Mormons. And yeah. I recognize that people can be led down a path that's not right. And, and I said, I will not do that. And so I began the, the path of learning I, to me. And I, I tell everybody now to this, even around the fire, I'll say, for me, it has to start here and make the 18 inch, and I'm pointing to my head and yeah. make the 18 inch trip down to my heart. Right. It doesn't make sense the other way for me. Now, maybe that works for some folks, you know, but I, I call them generally emotional Christians who, with all due respect, would have trouble fighting out of a wet paper bag if they were, if somebody confronted their faith, right. they wouldn't be able to defend it. 
And that was always very important to me. Yeah. So um, I just studied and I bought books and I had a library. And I, I mean, just, that's essentially why you left the other two because you realized, you know, I can't defend this because you found that it wasn't true. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's it, a good point. And you know what? It uh, Shadow, it never made the 18 inch trips to my heart. That's what I recognized when, when, right. when the collective crap hit the wall, hit the fan, there was nothing there for me. Uh-huh. It was hollow. Right. So, I mean, I read everybody and, um, I was just that guy, but what that did to me is it made me legalistic mm-hmm. and dogmatic. Yeah. And, and if you were to talk to Vicki, that she would tell you that that was a period of our life that, uh, although married, you know, and all that, I'm sure she wasn't the happiest person in the world because I, that's what I, I just focused on that kind of stuff. Right. It takes both. It takes the head and the heart. Absolutely. Right. It takes the balance. You see some people that are all head, all brain, all academic, and they're very legalistic and there's no joy in their life. Right. Right. And then you've got the opposite, the people that it's all emotional. Like you said, they couldn't, they couldn't argue their way or defend their way out of a wet paper bag. Theologically, they don't understand what they believe or why they're all in it for the feeling. Right. So you got the two extremes, but what it takes um, you know, in my opinion is you got to have that balance. You got to have both. Right. Right. And I, I remember when we started talking that day, that's why I so quickly connected with you was you were, you know, I'm the exact same way. Like it's got to start in my mind and then it's got to travel down to my heart. It doesn't go the other way. And I think, you know, I look around churches today in America and um, everything seems to be much more emotionally driven. It's much more hard. It's, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And they're just focusing on the heart and the soul part. Right. And I'm like, right. uh, I've got questions. I'm, I'm the mind guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think that the the people who do use their heart more, the, the heart and soul crowd, if you will, they can look down on people like us because they're like, oh, you just don't get it. You don't feel it, right? It's not an academic thing. Well, no, it is. Yeah. Right. We're just God made us differently. Right. And and don't dismiss people's questions, right? Because you know, it's every bit as valid. This is how I love the Lord with my mind. Right. right. And you do as well by studying, by reading, by seeking truth. And that's like the number one thing I hear from you from your story is you've always been a man who was looking for truth, searching for truth. And you searched for it for a long time with the Mormons and didn't find it. And for a longer time with the Jehovah's Witness and didn't find it. Right. Do you look back on those times where it's like, like, what's your perspective on all those years that you spent with the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness? Is it like, what was I doing? What a waste. Like, do you feel stupid for doing that? Or do you feel like, oh, I'm glad I was because, I, you know, the whole, if I wasn't there i wouldn't be where i am now like what's your perspective on all that well i think no i I don't think it was a waste of time and i think that goose one of the things you talked about is that um, what i learned from the mormon church is how important family is to them yeah and 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 i learned a lot about that and seeing that because it was the antithesis of what my family was it was just you know i i the, the next chapter that we'll talk about in a moment um we'll talk about how all this was um a building project yeah right and uh And I, I, so I don't think it was a waste. I think, especially with the witnesses that we, um, that's probably more appropriate now because, you know, I'll run into those guys once in a while and know how to talk to them. Right. I was going to say, that's exactly what I'm thinking is, yeah, 
you have been so uniquely prepared. Nothing from our past is ever a waste. Right. Everything's for a reason. So you are better positioned than than any other guy I know to give the truth, to give the gospel to a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon. Right. Right. And I think that's that's you know now in the rearview mirror it all makes sense and God put you through this training to get you to this point. So right. now you can go to them and you can talk to them better than any of us can. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and hear more of Rudy's story. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit, so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. All right, welcome back, and uh, we're hearing a great story um, about Rudy and his search, his ruthless pursuit of truth. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, I, I guess one of the things I'd like to do, too, is step back, because one of the things I think is part of this building, this construction that God did, was protection. I, I kind of skimmed over that period of time where I was kind of just wandering around, but in that period of time, I could easily be in jail still uh, for buying drugs. You know, I remember buying drugs one night. I remember I had steep so low, and oh, my kids will hear this, but I don't know if I ever told them this, but um, there was one night around a table uh, where a crack pipe was getting passed around. I mean, I was spiraling down in a hurry. And in that moment, um, I remember two things. I remember that that rock going around and it was getting down towards it and it was all night long. It was, it was horrible. when I think about it now. And I remember a person, there was a girl there that I was there with and then two other people that I didn't know. And it was getting down to the end of that rock. And I remember um, the gal sitting across from me uh, took it. And I, I remember thinking to myself and, and I'll clean it up, but I better, you better not take the final part of that or I'll come across this table. Mm. And that's where I was at. And then that night, um, and I actually asked my wife if I should share this, and she said, go ahead. I think you should because it might help somebody. Right. So that night, um, they all left, and there's this girl who's just a girl. She was nothing to me, but, you know, I, um, I didn't want to do what guys do, right? Mm -hmm. And so we get in bed, and she laid there like a, a stiff board. Mm -hmm. And up to that point, she was anything but. Right. And I said, what is wrong? And she looked at me, she turned her head over, looked at me and she says, I have herpes and I don't want you to get it. And she, wow. she you know, and I, so I think back how God protected me. I mean, holy smokes. And there's a, I mean, to this deck would have ruined my life. Yeah. You know, and, and that I could have, you know, when I bought those drugs, I could have been a cop, Right. you know, I don't know. Yeah. So not that, he protects everybody from those things, but he did me. And, yeah. and I'm eternally grateful uh, right. for that. 
and there was some other stuff that went on, but those are the two highlights of that. And I think about now and there, when I start, um, so I'll do it. When I talk about Jesus, I get emotional, man. He, he has done so much for me. And, and I want people to know the, the journey that there's pain in that journey, man, there's some good stuff. There's some really good stuff. So that was, you know, part of that foundation that he was building by protection. And, and then, you know, he brought me my wife and, you know, together we've come to know him, but there was a period there. Even after I had learned all that stuff, I was watching a show one morning. I was in Bothell, Washington. So one Saturday morning, you know who Bill Maher is? Oh yeah. Bill Maher is a smart guy, but he's no friend of a Christian. Right, right. And, um, he did a show. Um, there's a, I think there's, it's in Orlando. Uh, there's a Bible, Bible land or something like that. We mm -hmm. can go and all this. And what he did is he set up, um, he set up some people to make them look foolish, right? Christian people to look really stupid. He grabbed the right people. And that was that emotional person that he'd ask a question, you know, it's just, yep. you know, and I've seen it, this. Okay. I've seen exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. His but, documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And so up to that point, right to that point, I had also been reading the Old Testament without any knowledge of, of, of some stuff I read. And, you know, there's scriptures in the Old Testament where um, babies' heads are dashed against rocks. And I thought that if, if the Israelites did something, then that was always God ordained. Mm -hmm. You know, and oh, I said, gosh, <laughs> I know. It. So you can anything imagine. but exactly. So you I would have been reading that. Then I watched that and I just sat back and said, what am I doing? Here I go again, you know, yeah. truth. And this can't be true. And uh, I had a library that would have been, you know, similar to the size of this room with books all over it. And I, I told my wife and my poor wife, she just looked at me <laughs> and, and I said, I'm giving, I'm getting rid of these. This, I don't think this is true. And um, I got rid of every book I took them. I donated them, fortunately. So somebody else benefit from them. <laughs> and I kept my, that NIV Bible. So to this day that I still have, I just kept that. I'll say, I'll save that. And I, and I looked at her and I'll remember right where she was sitting in the living room, right where I was standing. And I said, if there is a God, if there's a true God, he will deconstruct. Because I think the foundation for whatever reason, and I think it's me, not him, is wrong. And so he'll build us back up. And gosh, that was in 19, or 2000 probably 14 and in 2016 so nothing happened you know my friends i would go to coffee with a buddy of mine and i told him i said he goes what is wrong because he's a christian guy i said i just don't believe it and, and i have to believe it i have to believe it's true so he just looked at me and i don't know if they prayed or whatever they did but you know we didn't end up packing our things up I, you know i was working and got an opportunity and um actually in beaufort north carolina Mm. And, and I moved down there to my wife and I lived in Moorhead City, North Carolina, went through a couple of hurricanes, which is like, wow, what are these? You know, and um, then moved up, got a promotion, moved up into a, a Suffolk, uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, still nothing. We didn't do anything. We'd, we'd watch, you know, like I, I liked Andy Stanley, so I'd watch mm -hmm. him on the TV or Big something. fan. Yeah. Irresistible is a great book. Yep. Yeah. So... I highly recommend that because I wish I told Vicky, I said, I wish I would have read this book back in that time yeah. when I was thinking about the Old Testament being, yep. you know, that would have changed things. 
Yeah. So, um, um, so I'm just going to put a plug in here. If you're listening to this and you've got questions about what about those stories in the old Testament, right. Um, and you're, you're, you're listening to this and you have those questions. Um, we got two things to point you towards. One is the book irresistible by Annie Stanley, mm-hmm. uh, that Rudy just mentioned. Um, also you could listen to our podcast ambassador training number two, uh, called what do Christians believe? Um, and that came out back in March of uh, 22. So if you're scrolling through our our episodes, it's between episode 78 and 79 is Ambassador Training 2, What Do Christians Believe? And this will help you understand that Christianity, the, the, the gospel message, is not um, resting its foundation on any story found in the Old Testament. That's right. Um, and those stories are descriptive. They're not prescriptive. They're saying, here's what was going on. They're not saying, this is how you ought to live, right? That's a great there's, way of putting it. There's lots of stories of murders and affairs, right? And that doesn't mean that's how we should live. That's saying, this is how these people were choosing to live, and God judged them for it. And guys like Bill Moore, they pull that stuff out. Yeah. And then they set up, um, like you said, kind of an un- unbeknowing, you know, nominal Christian yeah, and, and make them look foolish because they can't. They don't understand what they believe or why. They're just in it for the um, the good music and the free coffee. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll put another plug in. If you have road trips um, and you've not listened to the, the Men's Alliance podcast, and that's what I did. I drive all over the place, and I started with number one, and you know, brought myself all the way up to date and uh, good stuff. And those ambassador trainings are amazing. So I appreciate them. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate you saying that. So. Um, I walked away and I, I told you, I walked away. We got up here to Suffolk. Um, and then, um, I retired, um, things at work were, they weren't quite going the way I wanted them to. And I was in a position where I was in charge of a, a part of the company and, um, we just had a disagreement and, and our guy said, yeah, you're ready. You can go ahead. And I was, I'm 65, almost 65. I was about 63. So I did. And we moved to Nashville. Uh, because I, I, I think Tennessee is awesome. Nice. Yeah. You know, I'd love to retire in Tennessee uh-huh. yep. as it turns out it'll probably be Texas cause a grandchild's coming. But, mm. um, uh, so we just hung around and worked a couple jobs and then got a call back from the company I work for now and asked if they'd come back in again, God it's amazing how you watch when you look 2020, right? The rear view mirror is 2020. Yep. And I said, sure. And uh, so, but he said, but you got to be in the center of the territory, which the territory extends to South Carolina, Charleston, and all the way up into New Jersey. So we'd like you to be at our location in Rich in um, Richmond, Virginia, Ashland. I said, okay. So I made a trip out here and um, one of the trips and Vicky's was still in, ten- in Tennessee and I found a place um, that happens to be right across the street from the chapel, but that, I had no idea what the chapel was. I just saw the sign. We moved in, and uh, it's been a year now, in January, January 5th, actually, a year ago. And so we moved in, and and I, I remember thinking to myself, you know, God will, if, if there's a God, he'll reconstruct you. And I looked at Becky, and I said, this is a dadgum church right across the street. I said, we should go over there. We should go check it out. So we went to uh, one of the services, um, I don't know, and and sat down there, and, and as we, you know, went through the whole thing, and, and um Pastor Brandon preached that morning, and as we were walking, I said, what do you think? She goes, no, it's pretty good. I'd come back. I said, me too. So we came back, and we started coming back, and I eventually went to 
the men's breakfast. Mm. Oh, yeah. Where you spoke uh, about the sheepdog. Right. right. Oh, yeah. And uh, I sat across and sat around table here, and somebody that I later, uh, (laughs) it's a good story, uh, began to know as Freight. Yeah. Uh, uh, The guy was sitting, you know, to my left here, and he was talking to his son. He goes, what's your call sign? I go, call sign? What's that? And uh, they they talked about Men's Alliance. First time I'd heard of Men's Alliance. And his, his uh, I thought it was funny, his son's uh, call sign is Dozer. And he said, is that because you're a pusher? You could drive it. He goes, no, because I sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I said, this, that's interesting because um, what you had said during that uh, talk, I mean, I still use the example of the sheepdog and the wolf, same tools used for completely different mm-hmm. things. And when you said that, and I'd experienced, you know, most men's breakfasts are bad bacon and uh, <laughs> you know that that sort of thing and, and also yeah. so talk and I'd, I'd agree with that and i'd gone to several men's things and i just gee what are we doing you know yeah but that was different and and, and there's no reason for me to blow smoke up your skirt but the, the the what you said resonated and it hit me and uh, so i was talking to freight and he goes well there was a connection card and he goes write down you'd be interested in men's alliance <laughs> and so i wrote it down turned it in and i don't know a week or so went by and i got an email and they, they gave me um, a phone number and ended up being uh, Chiefs. Connors. Nice. And so uh, a, a, a Nashville area code is 615, and a mm. lot of spam calls come from 615. Yeah. So you'll start noticing that. So I called Chief. I was at work, and I called him, and I hear a, hello. And I go, is this Chief, this Connor? And he goes, yeah. And, you know, still thinking this is a spam call. And I, and I, then I told him who I was and he goes, Oh, okay. And so <laughs> that was like a Thursday. And, uh, um, I said, so when do you, you know, what are the, what, how, what's this all set up? And he talked about the tribes. He talked about the times and I go, wow, Saturday morning will work best for me. And, uh, and he said, well, that would be Bravo tribe. And we meet right there in the church. And I'd, I'd seen that fire and I saw smoke and I go, what is that all about? And a tire, I didn't know. I had no earthly idea what that was, but as I walked over, because I live just across the street from it, and I walked over, and um, as I was approaching Chief, he goes, I, I introduced myself, he goes, oh, man, good. You worked over here, you were walking with such purpose, I thought we were making too much noise, uh, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I came over and introduced myself, and I remember thinking to myself, I'll do this Christian workout, and yeah. go home and do my own, right? Yeah. Because I have a little thing in the garage and uh yeah, no, that's not happening kick my butt <laughs> i'll do this <laughs> christian workout yeah maybe a little yoga and some stretching that kind of thing no. i swear I, I walked away going man these guys and then then this you know he's for real yeah tribal <laughs> and it's rugged and it's real and uh so we sat around and uh you know we did the workout and then i we sat there and that was august this past august and um i don't, couldn't even tell you who did the devotion but I, I remember walking away going now this is different Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think construction being constructed, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started, I had started, I should step back in Nashville. I said, you know what I'm going to do? Because I was there for a good month or so before Vicki joined me. And I had a chair, I had a TV and a blow up bed. And um, I, I had brought my Bible with me. I said, I'm going to start reading it again. And mm-hmm. I started in Genesis and um, probably it took me, I think I'll, it took me about a year, year and a couple of months, and I read it again, read the whole thing, read the Bible when I say it, and um, just read it and uh, pr- started praying again and um, just could feel him, mm. I, I, you know, and 
there is the emotional part, you know, because um, he, he has to touch that, right? And uh, so I, I did, and then we came here, and then I started going to Men's Alliance and, um, you know, got um, uh, got my call sign after I'd been there, I think I, it, five times for Bravo. So I'd been there five yeah. times, got my call sign, led a devotion, started leading workouts, um, and, and I have given part of that devotion, and I've told my wife too, I said, so this is what that construction looks like. Yeah. This now, you know what? let's just say eight years later, I can see what he's doing. And I tell you, it, it, he not only has, um, do I understand and do I, you know, and of course we all got room to grow in our knowledge, but that 18 inch trip, it's a freeway now, you know, from, from the, from the mind to the heart. And I can't, I can't, and I, I got to get better at this, but we were just watching the chosen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen, have you, I don't know if you've seen that. Yep. Do you remember the scene in like one of the first few episodes where um, the lady's leading her first Shabbat, her her first dinner, and it was Mary who had uh, Jesus had healed, had cast the demon out, and he enters the the room yeah. and sits at the end of the table, and and you know she's going to do the prayer. She goes, "Shouldn't you?" Because she knew, or she had a pretty good idea. Something was different about this yeah. guy, and uh, I he goes, "No, why don't you?" And I thought to myself, I looked and I go, and I started to cry. Vicky, look at this. I know it's a show, but can you imagine right. this woman standing praying and God is sitting at the end of the table? Yeah. yeah. And you know, so then I knew still. That's why I say it's a freeway from the head to the heart. Right. And I, I said, you know, I told her, I said, I'm not weak. I'm not emotionally weak. But he touches me in a spot. Mm-hmm that I can't explain. Yeah. And I've had opportunities to, um, you know, we talk about, okay, now what, now where do we go? What's next? Yeah. And, um, part of that is, you know, a, a disciplined purpose life, one that shares his faith now and, and, and take the chains off of, uh, worrying about what people think about you. And I don't know if that's part of that is, 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 you know, where I'm at in life or, where he has me at in life, you know? So, um, and I tell you that the men's Alliance, I, you know, we've, I've gotten to, um, here's a plug. I mean, if you've, if if you want to change your life, get in a tribe and, and not just because of the workout and the devotion, which are great, but the connections you make with people, with real men, right. You know, and I'd, I'd never had friends. I really didn't. I was, I was solo. I was kind of a, Isolated, an isolation's terminal. Yeah. That's yeah. what the coin says that I have in my pocket. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got my coin at the All Tribe, and mm-hmm. um, I wanted that so bad because I know it meant something to me, and it meant another step in that, that foundational growth. Yeah. And I told you, and I thought it was funny, I, I got up there, and I, I know the, the men's creed forward and backwards. Yeah. But uh, I got so emotional up there, that it looked like I had forgotten it, <laughs> but I just had to step up to the next wor- next line. Yeah. And I remember you saying, "I told you, I said, I, I'm sorry, you know, not that I'm sorry, but man, I the pauses were because of emotion and, and a little bit of stage fright." You said, "Oh, I just thought it was for dramatic effect." <laughs> I don't know if you remember saying that. <laughs> yeah, I do. But I, I walk away uh, from those, you know, and I'm, I'm now I have a I'm a, a wingman for um, a, a new guy um, 
quen, uh, quench. Um, he's funny. He's, he's from Ethiopia and he's in our groups in Bravo. And you know, we we're getting to know him a little bit. And he's in, uh, next said to him so tell us a little bit about yourself and i thought it was so funny and i instantly said i gotta reach out to this guy he goes i'm ethiopian but don't judge me because i don't like to run <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he, he he's uh he just in fact he just went back to um ethiopia is some i think his son was being married so he'll be back out pretty soon oh I'm, wow I'm, well i can't wait to meet him yeah he yeah. was a great guy great yeah, guy. that's that's such a great story i've got a question for you timeline ish wise from you listening to Bill Maher and kind of getting rid of your whole library from that stage about roughly how long are we talking between that and you, um, let's, let's say coming back to Christ. I would say that that probably happened in 14 or 15, 2014 okay. or 15. Okay. And then, you know, truly, uh, coming back, I always mark it down as when I, when I came into that, the men's breakfast, Yeah. I think that, you know, I was probably, I probably knew more, had more faith in God than most men sure. outside, but that started the, the trip. I got on the honor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, and I was, I was going then. You know, um, it's, it's statistically much harder. You're, you're, you're a very small percentage here. Exception. Um, it's, per, it's statistically harder for somebody who's coming out of a cult to, um, to come to Christ. Yeah. Uh, because they've, they've, they know that they've been, they feel like they've been fooled once. They feel like they've been duped once. And usually their guards are so, um, so strong after that, that they're like, I'm, I'm never going to let that happen again. I'm not falling for anything ever again. Yeah. That, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's easier to, uh, witness to an atheist or somebody that's just a total blank slate, right? right. There's no belief. Um, it's much easier to, uh, bring someone with no belief to Christ than it is a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon, or a, a Muslim. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, uh, so much of your story is you were you were both of those things. You were a Mormon and Jehovah's Witness. And such a rare thing about you, it's so sad that this is rare, <laughs> um, is that you were, you were honestly just searching for truth. And... You know, if you're listening to this, I, I I feel so strongly about this that when people are willing to follow the evidence wherever it may lead, if somebody is honestly willing to follow the evidence wherever it may lead, they will come to Christ. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Jesus said, "I am the truth." Right. Think about that for a while. Like He's the truth. He is truth. Right. And so you can't pursue truth and not find Him. And most people, kind of like we were talking about on our break, most people are just more concerned about their family, their lifestyle, their comforts, their pleasures, than they really are truth. Most people, when if you really get them, get them honest, they're like, I don't really honestly at the end of the day care what's true. I just care what's going to make me happy. All right. Most people are on a happiness quest, right? As Frank mm -hmm. Turk says, yeah. they're not on a truth quest. They're on a happiness quest. And it's rare to find a guy who's who's on a truth quest and and willing to to make big changes and sell libraries and leave false religions and keep yeah. pursuing and keep you know until he finds it right yeah yeah and and you know he he the scriptures say that you know he finds us right that's right. exactly right right and so and one of the best scriptures uh, that I really appreciate, and I, I can't tell you where it is, it's just the words mean it. He says, I see you. 
Yeah. I see you. And to know that he sees, um, I used to, before I had anything to do with God, I used to think, well, God must bless effort. And, and I think there's some truth to that. I don't think you, it's not a rewards thing. It's not, yeah. uh, you know, because it, it really is grace and mercy. But, you know, what I would, you know, like the beginning of this year, we're, you know, we're, this is today the third, I think, um, that I would encourage men to um, see what's been holding you back. And, um, and I have the devotion this Saturday. And, and part of it is that, you know, what, what's hold us, you know, in Isaiah 43, it says, you know, forget the past. You know, yeah. I, I'm making things new, streams through a wasteland. So what, you know, what's holding us back from where we really want to be? And I believe that we make that, that effort to annihilate that, get rid of it, and then to seek his best for us so that we can be the men that God intends us to be. There is no better feeling than to, um, even Paul says, you know, I've not yet attained it. But I tell you, the quest, the construction, the trip towards it is amazing. Yeah. And there again is that, you know, I go back to that Bill Maher thing. That's a heart. What I just said is a heart statement. Yeah. But it's a statement that's foundationally based on knowledge of God and understanding now that, you know, with our faith, our Christian faith is rooted in one thing. Yeah. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he had not resurrected, if he had not walked out of that tomb, He'd just been another prophet that died, but he conquered death. He showed, he proved that he was God. He died for our sins and he chose us. Yeah. Right. And all we've got to do is recognize that he, I, you know, I'm reading in John right now and he, um, and, and they, I think they portrayed it really well in the chosen with Nicodemus. Oh yeah. That's and, a great scene. So close. And yeah, Jesus yeah. said, you were so close. Now I think, you know, they've Hollywooded it up a little bit, sure, but, pretty close i think yeah you know a lot of people like the bill mars of the world you know um they incorrectly believe that um that guys like me and you are christians because it works for us because yeah. it makes us feel better because it helps us cope with life right. right all those types of uh heart feeling statements right um when in actuality it's got nothing to do with that in fact it makes life a lot harder um it doesn't make things work I'm not a Christian because it feels good. Uh, I'm only a Christian because it's true. It's true. Right. It's, right. it's the only religion. Like you just said, it's, it's not based on um, a book. It's not based on teachings. It's based on a historical event that happened, you know, on a Sunday morning in the spring of 8033. That's right. Yeah. Right. And there's good evidence for it. And if you're listening to this, I challenge you to examine the evidence. If you look at the evidence for Christianity, it doesn't require you to check your intellect at the door. Right. In fact, it requires you to engage it because Christianity is based on evidence. That's why Jesus performed miracles was to provide evidence. It's why his followers wrote and recorded what they saw. It was to pass on eyewitness recorded accounts, right? Um, check out the evidence for the resurrection. If you are on a truth quest the way Rudy was, um, I'm confident that it will lead you to Christianity because that is the truth. If you're open-minded, if you're willing to follow the evidence wherever it leads, that's where it's going to lead you. Um, it's, it's all about for us, you know, for Rudy and I, and um, 
Shadow's a singer, so he's a little bit excluded. Yeah, uh, it's 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 kind of a <laughs> I'm head still thing. On the fence. It's it's the mind. It's I'm a Christian because it makes sense. It's logical. Right. Um, there's evidence. It requires me to engage my thinking and and um I encourage questions. I welcome questions. I read what atheists have written and what Mormons have written and what Jehovah's Witnesses have written. And I'm not trying to um like we were talking about cults, you know, prevent myself from hearing opposing views. No, I want to hear, I want to hear the a game of every opposing view. Right. Right. And I think that's, that's you. And that was what was so uh, cool when we first met, I was like, Oh man, this is a guy that's like reading everything that I've read, Yeah, you know? And, um, I think that's cool, man. This has been such an amazing conversation with you. Um, what a great, um, way to start a Tuesday morning here with a cup of coffee and listening to Rudy's story. Amen. Um, Hope you guys will uh, have enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed listening to Rudy and uh, um, maybe pass this episode on to a friend or two you've got that are maybe where Rudy was a few years ago. Yeah, I had some questions. Okay. So <laughs> you're trying to end this too quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say you're obviously like just an example of like God wants you, you know, like you're like you talk about chosen, like you're definitely chosen. That's what I hear from your story because you've tried to obviously – you know, you said you sold all your books. You kind of basically, you know, turned your back, you know, the prodigal son thing. Yeah. And it was like, you tried to get away, but God, if he, if he was, you know, he could have said, okay, I'm done with you then, you know, but, uh, you're definitely wanted by God, you know, uh, that's what I hear from your, your story. And I was also curious, how do you, how do you get your call sign? I know we probably don't have time for it, but. Well, no. Uh, so I was up on the tire and they, um, so you talked a little bit about yourself. And I said, I, you know, I've always had to, I, I played football when I was in high school and I was pretty good, but I was always small. Yeah. So I always had in that, I've always had to try harder than the average guy to be average. Yeah. Right. And so somebody said, like the movie Rudy. And I said, exactly. Like the movie Rudy. <laughs> yeah. Went home that night and watched it and said, yep, that's perfect. So that, yeah. that's how I got it. Oh yeah. man, that's great. I'm yeah. glad you included that. Yeah. Good to know. I've seen you, your journey, you know, I've seen you when you were new to Bravo, Bravo. I think I was there for your first workout. Um, I might've been there for your call sign, but uh, it's just cool to see guys come in, you know, from the jump and see, you know, watch yeah. their journey from a distance. And I remember you, we were at like a social event and you were talking about how you were traveling and you had listened to all the podcasts, yeah. you know, so, and now you're here, you're at the peak of your <laughs> Christian walk, you know, oh my so. gosh. <laughs> yeah, get, but, uh, men's but, yeah, is a game cool. changer. Yeah. So it's cool to see I'm, you're making a difference in men's Alliance and uh, for sure. I'm glad you're here, man. I appreciate yeah. it. It's good to be here. Yeah. Appreciate your testimony and what you bring, uh, every, every week to the tribe. Thank you. It's my privilege. All right, guys, thanks for listening and we will see you around the fire soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of the men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.